Welcome downtown to this woman from NYC on the 5th, where wellness meets good vibes. Listen along for perspectives on cultivating a nourishing life of well-being, greater meaning, fulfillment, and purpose. It's all love. It's all healing. It's all ascension to greatness. Here's your host, Jazz Feliciano. My listeners are aware. I take pride in sharing insightful messages and working in tandem with other speakers who in a little inspiration just the same. Today, I welcome another community leader to share his message. His name is Steve, and he goes by Billionaire Steve, most notably on Instagram. He is a cancer survivor and an entrepreneur. He helps entrepreneurs and business owners multiply their money and create multiple sources of income. He is part of the Wealth Builders, the fastest new growing network marketing company in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a life coach where he assists people all over the world to change their paradigms. He's also a successful real estate investor with plans to publish a book in 2020. It is without further ado that I welcome Billionaire Steve. Welcome to Under Fifth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was so wonderful. You make me sound so amazing. Wow. Thank you. Well, you are amazing. I had to, <laughs> <laughs> I had to like set the board here for everyone. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am glad to be here. I appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, so first question I wanted to ask you is, uh, well, let's go straight forward into it. If you could wake up let's tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? For me, if I could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, it would have to be total self-awareness. So, oh, like, that's a good one. Supreme awareness. Knowing exactly it is that I am, what it is that I can be, and what it is that I was. Understanding those three keys, you know, so that I can really master my space. You know, that's, that's what I would want to know, like, at any point in time, I have the intelligence to master my space because I know, you know, I have that awareness or not necessarily I know, but I'm aware of exactly what to do. Perfect. So, so um, in your, as far as your professional life and what you do on a day-to-day basis, with regards to uh, real estate investing and so on and so forth, you also openly discuss about spiritual topics I noticed on your Instagram page. Um, and I remember writing a piece not too long ago. Well, I want to say it had to been like last year with regards to spirituality, the idea of abundance. And I remember getting a little bit of a negative, um, not I want to say negative feedback, but there seems to be some type of negative connotation, so to speak, or misconception surrounding spirituality and choosing to be financially abundant. Uh, What are your thoughts on that as a whole? So, to me, uh, I put it this way. I understand why there's a stigma when it comes to like financial abundance or materialism. I understand why there's, there's a stigma there because the majority of us have actually been conditioned. Like, we've been conditioned to think that money is the root of all evil. You know, right. if you say money is the root of all, almost everybody knows the end to that. But the truth is, Money has no consciousness. Money has no spirit. So money can neither be evil nor, correct, nor, nor can it be good. You know, essentially, 
so, so when, when you become abundant, you know, spiritually, you also become abundant physically because as above, so below, you know. So yep. all it is, is just a reflection of your light. You know, the more that you have as far as whether it be land, people, food, whatever, it's a reflection of your light because you can share it more for others to, you know, experience it to change. So once we break past, you know, the conditioning of money is the root of all evil, money only amplifies what somebody already is. You know, so it's people who do bad things and people who do good things. So my whole my whole view on it is, yet money can only make you more effective. You know, it, that's really that's what it is, it is here for. It's a tool. You know, it's neither good or bad. We make we do good things or bad things with it. You know, with a lot of money right now, I can help a lot of people at the same time. You right. know, so it's just about how you utilize this tool. Just just as a just as you would utilize a phone or a spatula, anything like that. That's correct. And I always see it as, you know, money is a form of energy in itself. Um, to to apply the idea of good versus evil onto it, it's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're absolutely you really, right. <laughs> you really put it's, it on there. It's energy, which means that it's, it's just currency. You know, money, especially the paper money, is not even real. That's not even, it just, it represents money, but it isn't money. Essentially, it's yeah. energy, you know, because you have money on plastic cards nowadays, credit cards and debit cards, yeah. you know, so the dollar bill, bills only represent money. They're not actually money. Correct. It's just currency being exchanged back and forth to gain certain things to make life more simpler. So what is your, uh, what are your points on the idea of circulation? And the, the, the energy is in the sense of money being circulated rather than being stagnant. Like, you, you know, like some people would say, like, it's, it's better to save and save this and save that. Um, but I believe that money is energy in itself and it needs, to, it needs some form of circulation for it to garner a sense of abundance. Is that something I, you would agree? Absolutely. I would 100% agree. Money has to be exchanged just as it is currency and it is energy. You know, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. We cannot create it or destroy it. We can only transfer it, you know, and the law of exchange states, you know, as you give, so shall you receive. So in contrary, if you aren't giving, you aren't receiving. So it's meant to be distributed in gifts, you know, so that you can also receive gifts it has to be exchanged for it to grow and legally the money depre um the dollar is actually depreciating so by the depreciating and you're getting taxed off of it <laughs> so every year if you got uh, say you got a million dollars in the bank once you get taxed and the dollar depreciates you end up with like seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars so investors know to plant their money into assets or things that are going to going to grow their money such as real estate you know such as the forex market correct and so with that being said what are your thoughts on some of this new cryptocurrency like bitcoins so, and so on and so on and so forth i love cryptocurrency look <laughs> i'll tell you why i say that <laughs> no matter if it goes the price of it goes up or the price of it goes down I have the ability to make money on cryptocurrency. 
How, you ask? Because I trade currencies. I don't, you know, just invest in currencies. Although I bought Bitcoin sometime maybe three years ago. I don't buy Bitcoin anymore as of present day. I just hold it. You know, it's eventually, the currency is eventually going to what? Transform because energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's only transformed or transferred. So as we're using dollar bills right now and credit and it's changing right now to credit cards and it's changing from credit cards to phones, it's going to continue changing. So we're eventually going to, we're already using cryptocurrency when you send people money over the internet. That's cryptocurrency. So it's already here. Now, Bitcoin is just one of the, first like i guess you could say decentralized which means it's not regulated by the government type of coins but yeah. right now banks are creating their own coins so if the banks are, are creating coins you know and getting and participating in cryptocurrency then that's a huge sign because most of this world that we live in is run, is ran by the banks so my point is what i do is i trade it on the market on the foreign exchange market which is the mar the largest market in the world, over $6.6 .6 trillion is exchanged on this market every single day. Yeah. Every single day. And I tell people, whether you're trading or you're not trading, if your money is in, the bank, in a bank account right now, the, you're, in, you're participating in the foreign exchange market. Because Absolutely. the bank is taking your money and they're tripling it and quadrupling it and they're making returns on it before you even get a return on your money. Remember, your dollars depreciated. Yeah. So, essentially, you're giving the bank money to invest into the foreign exchange market. That's why the banks are so powerful, and that's also why when you, whenever you want to get your money back from the bank, you gotta wait because they gotta close out their trades and take profit and make sure it's the system. You know, Correct. and then they charge you interest so that you forever got to keep, you got to make payments or whatever. You got to stay with them longer so they can continue to trade your money. But now, like I said, it's just a perfect time to wake up and to get into things like that. Because 10 years ago, you had to have $10,000 just to participate in something like this, just to trade. And classes were like five, $10,000 just to learn how to trade. Yeah. You know, now we have access to actually do this with 10 cents. <laughs> Isn't that so, amazing? How far yes, along we have is. come? It's, yes, it is. It's awesome. So how do you combine that line of thought into spirituality? For me, I understand that as we utilize these systems to assist in, assist us in building wealth, then we'll, we, we, we open the doors for ourselves to become more spiritually free. Uh, and what I mean by that, financial, financial freedom leads to spiritual wealth. Because wealth is, is not, not only is it the gains, but it's also the, the mindset. You know, so once you, once you ob obtain that f financial wealth, that's when, no, I should say, or I should say, once you obtain spiritual wealth first, that's when you will, will obtain financial wealth because you must first be at peace in order to receive all of the peace or whatever it is that you're seeking. That's how the law of attraction. Absolutely. So now that we're speaking about law of attraction, um, which I think it falls into alignment of just being thankful. How do you define gratitude in your own words? For me, gratitude 
is the supreme state of being present. So it's the ultra state of being present. You know, one you feel gratitude when you're all the way in the present, when you're able to ident- identify and be grateful, be thankful of the present, which th- which means to pay attention to. In order to be thankful of the present, you must first give it your awareness. So I believe it's a it's a it's a it's a state, a mental state, uh, a vibration that one gets in once they are completely in the present moment. Oh yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, what is one mindful practice that you wish you knew when you were younger? Meditation. If I if I'm being uh, honest, meditation. Like why? Because if I understood how to control and master my responses in this reality at a younger age, you know, I would definitely be, I guess you can say, more disciplined, you know, at this point in time in my life if I understood patience, you know, I would have more discipline. You know, if I understood uh, focus, I would, I could be uh, succeeding, you know, at different rates. Yeah, that's really interesting because, man, if I was to throw that same question even to myself, like meditation would say? be, yeah, meditation would be right up there at the top because, and mindfulness, um, mm. because like it, my mind was always thinking it too far into the future. <laughs> and so, like, I always had to draw it back, like, okay, chill, Jazz, like, stay in the present. But, yeah, just that, uh, just just that practice alone does so much to the psyche that I can't think of anything else because it's just, it's just so, um, I don't know, it's just so thought-provoking when you could just sit in, in total silence and just focus on either just one thing or just let those thoughts just float away and just concentrate and be at peace within oneself without without feeling like you need to do something at that given moment and there's just so many solutions that just i I, for me i feel like it descends from the cosmos and it's just i don't know it's a very beautiful experience and that's why i wish it was something that i could have had just uh done a lot before but i guess i i guess with everything it's like it, it comes with time yeah. yeah, yeah. As you was, as you was just ta- describing meditation, I felt like I was going into a trance. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like well, well, "Do you do meditation as well? Do you lead meditation?" <laughs> well, um, I, you know, actually, it's funny because I was thinking of, um, I was thinking of starting a whole series on just meditation alone and just uh doing like some form of guided meditations for my youtube channel um i never got around to it but it's on my to-do list of my many to-dos so <laughs> yeah definitely be on on the lookout for that but um okay i will <laughs> but yeah I, I love i love doing the whole meditation like it's just so it's so peaceful and it's so helpful coming back to what regards to we discussed about you know what you do on a day-to-day basis and how that relates to spirituality and all that good stuff when and how did you come to the realization that you were serving your life purpose? The moment I started seeing other people's lives change. You know, mm. That's when I realized, like, whoa, like, I'm making an impact. Like, I'm not here for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for this. Yeah. That's when I realized when other people's lives started changing. 
other people started changing in their lives, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's when I recognized, like, wow, like, that's my purpose because it's creating a positive or an up-spiraling ripple effect. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely relatable. Anytime that it, it takes the focus off of you as a singularity and more on a whole macro approach, and you're seeing the actual investment so to speak it, yeah it's very uh it's very enlightening to me I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same way for you yeah seeing the investment that's important that's and not being the investment because you know the investment is what that's taking all of the everything making it transform and the the farmer is just watching it or you know is the farmer is the one adding on to the investment that's awesome so was there ever a moment in your life where you felt so defeated that you were able to, or you were able to overcome your plight? Was there ever a moment in my time where I felt over defeated? Of course. I feel like, you know, we all go through that at a lot of times in our life. You know, challenge and pain is what makes us grow. We grow through pain. You know, when you work out physically and you get sore, you, you grow through that. For me, uh, it was when I had cancer, when I, I was diagnosed at the age of 12. You know, at first, because I wasn't heavily into any type of spirituality or even church, I didn't really understand, you know, like what was going to happen. You know, so there were multiple times in my mind where I, where I was extremely doubtful of my like immediate future. You know, it wasn't until... Uh, I chose to, you know, to, to be successful till to, to, to I got sparked to change that I overcame that moment in time. But, it's, but essentially, originally, I mean, I, I was scared, you know. I didn't know at all at that moment in time what lied in my future. Not only that, but in that moment in time, it felt as if, like, I was losing touch of a dream, you know, to be an NFL, you know, football player. Like that situation right there was drastically impacting my present moment. Oh, wow. So, you know, um, that was what my situation was. That's, you know, also what helped me discover my, my purpose. So um, I am thankful for, for that situation and for it the other things that I experienced. So how, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you at the time when, um, when your whole diagnosis came forth and all this took place? I was 12 years old and this happened like, you know, within the first eight months that I was, or the first, I should say six months I was in the hospital. Oh, wow. So you're, you're very young when this all took place. Yeah. And, uh, for me, what was even more, um, wilder was that, there were children younger than me in the hospital at the time. Like, I went to Scottish Rite Children's Hospital uh, for my three-year journey. It was actually a three-year journey uh, that I experienced. But there were children younger than me, children age four, age six, you know, like nine, like, like three-year-olds. There were young children in there like that. Never even gotten a chance to really grasp an understanding of reality this side of reality I should say you know so that really opened my eyes like yo like yeah I'm in this but there's individuals who haven't even experienced 
reality or, or, or had a chance to dive into life the way that I have. So, you know, it's interesting uh, to see and to be a part of. But you know something, though, um, back when I was a radiation therapist, my my first young patient, 24 months old, so two years old. And I'll never forget that I walked into work one day and literally like the, the doctor, the main oncologist, he came up to me. And he said, hey, Jazz, can you can you scan a patient really quick? And at the time I was doing CT scans. Um, and this was like what needed to be done primarily before starting any type of radiation treatment. And it was done for planning purposes. So I was like, yeah, I can do the CT scan. How old is the patient? He's like, oh, the baby's two years old. I was like, what? <laughs> and it blew me away. And I was just like, oh, my God. But I remember seeing a lot of young, young cancer patients. But let me tell you something. They're probably one of the biggest resilient type of patients that I ever had. Like they were so they're so strong in their own right. And it's just so amazing to watch them like fight through this whole battle that they're going through. That seems so bigger than them. Yeah, I mean, I had my experience with that and that changed my whole life, my whole view on life. Um, it's not yeah. something that it's not something that I want to see like every day now, especially now that I'm out of the career, but it was you know, especially for me as a woman, it, you know, it gets it gets to the emotions. And it's just like you don't want to see anybody suffer like that. And in all honesty, like those are the real big fighters. Just all the, the children that are actually going through their whole experience with that. So yeah, I remember there were times where like those children, like the little ones were coming, like get me out of my room, you know, and give me like energy. And, like, yeah, they really were in there, like, you know, still living life. You know, like coming and inspire me to like, you know, just be to live more. Absolutely. So would you say just that whole energy alone helped you to overcome, you know, that plight that you were going through? Definitely. Yes, I would. I would absolutely say that. That's awesome. So if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Oh, uh, I would. I would honestly say how I was educated. Um specifically because I believe if I was taught financial literacy at a younger age, um, I would already have, you know, specific assets and things taken care of, um, you know, really just be on a process of my life where I'm managing a business and or managing systems and not, you know, creating systems right now. But, you know, everything happens in divine time and I appreciate everything you know in, in the way that i was raised because it actually developed who i am today you know? but if it was one thing i i would say it would have to be just the education you know me because my education my knowledge leads to my awareness my awareness leads to my ability you know and so that's what i would change yeah absolutely and i totally agree i think i think financial literacy definitely should be a part of every school's curriculum because the whole mathematics that i that we all took and suffered like <laughs> it was so left field like there was no need for like in my honesty there was no need for me to learn about the pythagorean theorem like i know it i get it just as much as everybody else but perhaps if i had more financial literacy that would definitely set the whole scoreboard as far as you know what's your plan after leaving school nobody teaches you about applying for loans and what have you right. and yeah. Right. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. 
how to build credit. Correct. Also, yeah, don't they, they don't think. Want to do that, oh yeah, yeah, that's a given. But that's like a whole other conversation. <laughs> I'll probably have to bring you right, back right, on that right. one. <laughs> yeah, we can do a part two. <laughs> okay, good. I'll take you on that. So, but that's being said, I believe you're you're a forward thinker in your own right. What is the key to maintaining balance in one's life? It goes back to awareness. You know, again, knowing exactly uh, what's the best time you should be, you know, focusing on, like, what you should be focusing on growing, I should say. Like, whether uh, you should be focusing on, you know, well, well, first being becoming aware of when you're over, overdoing something, when you're overtraining, when you're over executing, you know, when you need to allow for things to digest. Uh, that's the key to balance is knowing when it's time to break. Because I, I feel like mentally we always want to keep going, but we have to be in tune with the spirit. And that's when, you know, we'll be balanced, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, what is a fun fact about you that most people don't know? Oh, fun facts? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. You know, I was looking at that question, uh, thinking about what are some fun facts about me, I guess, that most people don't know. I feel like I'm so open. It's like most people know the main things about me. Um, I guess you could say fun facts. I mean, I played I play lacrosse in high school. Most people don't even know what lacrosse is. Do you really? Uh, yeah, I played lacrosse in high school. That's, just, that's a really fun fact because I enjoyed the sport and it was fun. That's yeah. random. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, it's really random. <laughs> um, I mean, because I'm thinking about like what fun facts do I have to that? I mean, I mean, for me, I don't, I don't really, that's for me, for some reason, that's a challenge to like give a, a particular answer to. Like, that's okay. No I feel worries. like because I'm so open, I feel like I'm so open is like, you know, my whole life, you know, as an influencer is kind of out there. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I well, I mean, words. I love reading. Fun fact, I feel like maybe people know that. I talk about, I tell people to read. So, yeah, you do. So I can't, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, my, what my fun facts are because I tell you to, like, I share, like, I want everybody to have fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, we're coming down to the last question here. List any parting wi- wisdom you would want others to know. Okay, three things I would want everyone to know. I talked about the number three earlier on the number three. The first thing I would want everyone who is listening to this, whether it be uh, a couple of months from now, a couple of weeks from now, a couple of years from now, first thing is to just know thyself. You know, that's been the mission. That's been the word. That's what we're here for, to know thyself. Once you know thyself, you found the key to purpose. That's the first thing I want you want to understand or to, to know as far as parting wisdom. Secondly is to be present. Um, being present is the key to self-discipline as well as success. So as you know thyself, you know your purpose, continue to be present in that purpose. You will continue moving on your path, on your destiny. Um, and the last thing that I will have to say is, uh, you know, you can do it. You know, any anyone can do it as long as you put your mind to it. You focus. You're going to attract all of the elements that you would need in order to succeed. So don't give up. That's the only way that you won't succeed is 
by giving up. But even when you give up, you'll be given another chance because life is happening for you and not to you. So keep going, stay focused, and you align with the energy that you need to get to the next level. I believe in you, but you got to believe in yourself. This is Billionaire Steve, the infinite one. I appreciate you for having me on your podcast. Thank um, you. And I wish that anyone listening to this really, 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 I hope that I opened up something or shifted something in your consciousness somewhere along the lines so that, you know, you can now go and spread your wings just a little more and continue flying and growing and just discover something new that could be life-changing. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. As per usual, definitely look forward to having you on the show again um, to touch on other topics that we didn't disclose, but <laughs> but we'll okay. get around to that eventually. But thank you so much. Sounds I appreciate good. it. No, thank you. The pleasure was mine. Need more wellness tips and lifestyle ideas? Get your fix now and hop on over to thiswomanfromnyc.com. And while you're there, sign up for the free newsletter for blog updates, events, and giveaways. I'm your girl Jazz, and I'll see you on the 5th.